Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 930 in 716. For the 18th time in 2018, a school shooting. A troubled person acting out in deadly rage. The real key in my view is that when you get pieces of information like they had on this kid, law enforcement need to go see him and talk to him and you know get him to come outside or maybe even invite you into the house see what's going on with him and the conversation that follows of course uh, nobody's in favor of taking guns away from everybody with the second amendment however there are certain things you can do i'm tim wenger on the podcast powered by the brothers of mercy a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting students and neighbors describe the suspect in the deadly rampage at a florida high school as a troubled teen who harassed peers talked about killing animals posed with guns on social media and bragged about target practice 19 year old nicholas cruz had been expelled from marjorie stoneman douglas high school for disciplinary reasons some students say they're not surprised he's been identified as the shooter but some officials say there were no real warning signs. Two voices with high-level law enforcement perspective on this one, the 18th school shooting in 2018 alone. They're all very common on, on a majority of levels. Brad Garrett, crime, law enforcement, and terrorism expert with Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski. They're all driven by anger, rage, uh, hopelessness and uh, utter lack of feeling any power in their lives. And they become so mad and so enraged that they virtually have no empathy. And so that the people that they're shooting are just basically people that they want to eliminate, and not them personally probably, but whatever they represent in the shooter's mind. Um, and I think that's probably you know what you have here. Two variations a little bit. He did go back to a school that he hadn't apparently uh, been attending for a year, uh, and he left, which is somewhat unusual. Leaves the weapons and sneaks out with the kids and then is caught a couple miles away. You have to wonder, Brad, if Valentine's Day figured into this in any way. Well, and then that would then go to the question, is there a girlfriend involved in, in some form or fashion? Did she attend school there? Did she uh, push him away? You know, did he feel rejected? I mean, I think this kid's feeling probably super vulnerable on a number of levels. It's my understanding his mother died recently. He was living with another family. Uh, I think he was having depression issues. Um, so, you know, all of these things are sort of uh, justifiers or, or levers, if you will, for people who end up doing mass shootings. So a number of things sort of checked off in his life that would certainly raise concern. Yeah, how alarming is it that we're finding all this out uh, immediately after the fact that when you look at the history of this person and see what happened yesterday, you know, things start to click. But is that tough to judge, I guess, beforehand? You know, we talk about 
raising a hand, saying something, if they see something disturbing. How hard is it to determine what is disturbing? Well, I, I think you, you have to look at it the following way. A vast majority of these reports uh, that are you know troubling to sort of make you cringe, but they may not actually be against the law, or if they are, it's not at, on any serious level. I, the real key, in my view, is that when you get pieces of information like they had on this kid, that you've got to go do law enforcement, maybe combined with the mental health uh, uh, community, depending on how it's set up in your particular jurisdiction, need to go see him and talk to him and uh, you know get him to come outside or maybe even invite you into the house, see what's going on with him. Uh, talk to him about, well, what weapons do you have? Now, he may become belligerent and try to throw you out, but the point being, you've made contact with him, and you're telling him, we know about you. Um, And then you're going to have to do follow-ups. And the problem is, law enforcement doesn't have, I think, time to do that, and they're not necessarily trained to do that. And so these kids just sort of fall through the cracks until... You know, they jump from being mega troubled to a mass shooter because, let's face it, there's a lot of people that are mega troubled that never hurt anybody. Um, but it, it's that it's that distance in between that, that 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 we don't have. Brad, is it unusual that the family he was living with had no sign of that? Didn't see anything coming. Now he was living with this family just in the last few months. His mother, he was adopted. His father died early in his life. His mother just died a couple of months ago from the flu. So he's living with this other family who were just absolutely stunned by this. Yeah. And if you have a kid, and I think he fits this, that's uh, super quiet, just doesn't talk much, kind of goes about his day, because some kids have actually described him. Now, you know, he has these outbursts that they've also talked about, but you know, they may have thought the kid has a right to be depressed. He's, you know, he has no parents. He has no place to stay. You know, I mean, that's that stuff. If if everything else in your life is tolerable, uh, and so they may have overlooked it. I mean, you know, most people aren't trained to look for these things. Um, they did know he had an AR-15. Apparently, they said if you're going to have it in the house, you have it not, have to have it in a locked case, which apparently he did. But he had the key to it because it was his. So, you know, is this an example of? could have law enforcement, at least at the very least informally, got involved with this kid? Yeah, they could have. I, I will tell you who, they, who do that all the time is the Secret Service. When it comes to threats against the president, they have to talk to you know people all the time that, that they don't end up arresting, but they have to do sort of a profile, an analysis of, to see if they really are a threat. For law enforcement, there's going to be a lot of talk about gun control. What would law enforcement realistically like to see when it comes to that? Should Would they like to see a more uniform law across the country instead of so many differing things across state lines? I think if you line up all the police chiefs in, in cities of any size, um, they're going to tell you that there needs to be more control of who has firearms. And I think many of them will tell you there is no reason for anybody to have an assault rifle other than law enforcement and the military. Uh, Now, is that going to vary? It is. But I think that's what they'll tell you because they are the ones day in and day out that have to to deal with gun violence. Um, So my sense is that would be some version of that answer. That's what you would get.
and much of the discussion turns to guns, of course. In this instance, it was an AR-15, reportedly purchased legally last year by the suspect. Well, I, you know, they're military-style weapons. Pete Ahern is the former agent in charge of the Buffalo office of the FBI, a law enforcement consultant and regular contributor to WBEN. Um, you know, they're not necessarily used by hunters, uh, but the weapon and its popularity is, is something that, that, that gun owners seem to uh, be attracted to, want to buy and want to have, whether it's something uh, akin to a military assault uh, rifle mentality of having that weapon, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not something I could really say there's a reason for that particular weapon, but they are pretty much everywhere in any gun store that you go to. There's a statistic out, Peter, that's really shocking a lot of people. Uh, many don't believe it, but this is the 18th shooting at a school so far this year in this country. Is this the one that tips the scales? Do you see something changing as a result of this? Uh, We've been through this discussion uh, many times already, Uh, like you said, 17, 18 times in the last year, six since January 1st. And, you know, you you keep thinking that the devastation of this uh, will will lead to something. Uh, I would like to believe it. I mean, at least maybe minimal, the key simple issues on universal background checks and things of that nature. Uh, Of course, uh, nobody's in favor of taking guns away from everybody with the Second Amendment. However, there are certain things you can do. And right now, it's 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 early in this investigation. People focus always like to focus on the gun. Uh, We don't know how he got him, whether he should have had him, whether there were ways to stop him before that, and all that is going to be part of this uh, third stage of the investigation, as we like to train on. Uh, when they start looking into the background of what the shooter was like and where he got the weapons and whether he should have or has he really had any uh, dealings with police before that with an arrest. And it will be critical to find that out. Looking at the laws in Florida, Peter, this is a weapon that this shooter at the age of 19 could have obtained legally in that state without it, without him having to uh, go through a background check. Do the different laws in different states make it difficult for somebody who was in your position uh, with the FBI uh, to, whether it's investigate, stop these things from happening uh, proactively, just because there are so many different laws across state lines? Well, every every state, uh, they do have their own laws, and we've seen, uh, again, this is more questions with the uh, alcohol and tobacco firearms investigators that deal with the weapons, uh, uh, the sale of them, and, and those type of issues. But you find when illegal guns get on the streets in certain states, you can trace back the states where they were purchased, where the gun laws were less restrictive based on the state uh, they were buying the gun in. So it is problematic. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, you see where the guns were purchased, and you see the trail of them that leads to other cities in the United States. Uh, and you have the straw purchasers, the people that are purchasing the weapons for those that might have a criminal record. And, and that's, that is a big issue and always has been and will continue to be one. This started yesterday with a fire alarm at the school at the end of the day. The gunman pulled it to get everybody out into the hallways. How alarming is that? And are people going to start hesitating when they hear a fire alarm going forward? Well, look, looking into this, there were a few interesting issues uh, on that. I mean, uh, you know, he clearly knew what he was doing. This was totally premeditated from what uh, investigators are already seeing. And something like that, based on, on what they know, uh, pulling that alarm, they had had a fire drill earlier in the day. They would also had uh, uh, police agencies there talking about the active shooter training, which all schools go through, or most schools, I would hope all schools do. 
You know, so he knew what he was doing, and by doing that, it caused the panic of people to come out in the hallways where I think he knew he would have uh, been able to, uh, you know, do the devastation that he did by getting those targets out. Is it possible to train, whether it's the resource officers that are in schools currently or if it's just faculty and staff, for all the different ways that an attack can happen, whether it's pulling that fire alarm or something else, it seems like the possibilities are endless. They, they train for every every eventuality, I can tell you that now. Um, you know, and it's not just schools. They, they train at churches. I mean, we, we've been getting calls for churches ever since we had the church shootings, you know, to go through those three stages of a crisis, and this, this is a crisis. But honestly, when it happens, all that training a lot of times can go out the window. However, you know, the basic training you could see with the way that some of these kids reacted, they knew what they were doing and trying to do, and they obviously had listened when you deal with that run-hide fight mentality of, uh, of what's going on when the attack is happening. Now in stage three, you're dealing with the aftermath, the victims, the witnesses, the investigation, and that stage one is preparation, like you just talked about, the training and the hardening of the, of the school areas or the church areas with cameras, doors. It's all there. The training is done. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, when it happens, as anybody could tell you, it's been in a crisis, you know, it just gets crazy. Much, much more in the hours and, of course, days to come. Back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.